0: to make it up to you. You could have had me killed. They wanted to, but
1: you stopped them. Give me another chance to make it up to you. You'll come straight back
2: with Bray and the others. You promise. You have my solemn, solemn word. I promise. So welcome to Series 2, Episode 15 of Conversation on Inga Mountain, a podcast about the tribe. I'm your host Lance and joining the podcast panel today is Liz. Hello. Sabine hi and carlin hello we have episode notes done by matt and myself so series 2 episode 15 the screenplay was done by harry duffin it was directed by john reed and the episode synopsis were read out by carlin
0: with ebony missing lex reinserts his authority and takes over the search for the missing Marat. while casey finds a way for chloe and patsy the help from within the mall. Elsewhere, a captive Trudy is forced to make a deal with the devil in a bid to escape the Chosen.
2: Okay, so as Trudy and Ebony's disappearance becomes apparent in the mall, Lex expresses pleasure at the two of them, as well as Brady, are now out of the tribe's hair. Um, and he references them as saying bye-bye to the screaming brat, the scheming witch, and his hysterical mother. Um, But Lex being Lex He immediately uses Ebony's security phase To take control of the search party And find their friends panel, What do you make of um, The fact that Lex is only interested in claiming his old Rollback or do you think there's a genuine concern For the tribe members being missing
1: I think he's just very glad To have his old, old rollback I mean let's face it he never cared For Trudy or Brady And well Ebony is the one person Uh That he first thought would be there scheming with him and isn't doing what he wants her to do. So, no, I don't think he minds that they're gone.
3: Agreed. I can't make any kind of argument that he cares at this point in time. Yeah, Lex
0: definitely only cares about his uh, getting his old role back. Uh, Lex is always that type of (laughs) human being that just wants things to return to the old. He, he never embraces to uh, adapt to any, any change.
1: Now Let's be real. He never wanted Trudy and the baby to be in the mall in the first place.
3: Mm-hmm. I mean, he, He's been wanting them gone for more than a season now. And for anybody listening who would want to make an argument, the only thing I could say, at best, if he does want to find them, it's only for his sake of proving that he should be chief of security again. hmm Like if, if there's any concern with actually finding him, it's only for that reason, just to prove that he could do better job than Ebony. Um, you know, even throwing Bray a bone, like when he comes back and he hasn't succeeded, he actually has one moment of sincerity with Bray where he's like, dude, we looked everywhere and we weren't able to make any progress even without Ebony. You know, trying to help Bray understand, like, it's not just Ebony who can't find her. I was trying to. We just can't find her, and that's the only moment of sincerity you ever get from Lex about it.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, I agree.
2: It's always two steps back with Lex because, like, immediately afterwards, he's like, "Okay, yeah, you need to step back, Bray. I'm going to take control again." <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Like, just like, a what if? Like, what do you think would have happened if, like, say, Ebony was missing? Like, do you think? Do you could you see Lex taking control of the militia? Like. He's not really like leader, that kind of leader, to control them.
3: It's not that I don't think Lex has the potential. Lex has shown that he has the potential. He has the determination. He has the ambition. It's just that he has to care enough about anything to do it. And when Lex does care, when he's deeply affected, he puts the effort in. But the problem is that Lex can't dredge up that care on a consistent level if it's not personally attached to him he just doesn't care and um that is a problem for him he he's just not in that place yet where he's learned to grow past his own personal concerns so it's like and another time i could totally see lex using his skill set and being productive it's not like he didn't do he did a terrible job looking after the mall sometimes in season one you know, but most of the time it was just to prove to himself that he was necessary to the mall rats. Uh, you know, I see, I could see Lex in the future. He starts to prove a little bit that he can take on that responsibility and he can care enough to do the job, even if he doesn't personally care about the job. But he's not there now. I, I can't see him doing it now. You know, even if they didn't find Ebony and he took over the militia, he would lose control very quickly. He would flunk this job. Mm-hmm.
1: There's this level of respect that the guys in the militia have for Ebony that they do not have for Lex.
3: More like fear. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And Lex is just not intimidating to them. He's never been able to show he can maintain control over people without trying to punch them. Mm -hmm. And it's like, if they're not afraid of being punched, then what do you have? And he doesn't have anything, you know. And the militia, we've seen the way Ebony has to deal with them. Lex just doesn't have that skill set.
0: Yeah, I think the the best thing you said is, uh, like, not caring. So, uh, initially when I first saw this episode, and then I like to put myself in, in Lex's shoes or anyone else's shoes, and if someone came to me and said, oh my god, Ebony is missing, should we go search for her? And I'm like, Ebony? Like, hey, who cares? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't care. And if I wouldn't care, Lex definitely uh Just wouldn't care. So,
3: (laughs) and at the end of the day, what he's missing is that being in charge of security isn't about caring about these people. It's that you have a job to protect them regardless of how you feel about them or not. And that's the part he can't get past. Because he doesn't like Trudy, he just doesn't care that she's missing. And he's missing the point. She is part of your job to protect these people regardless of your personal feelings about her your job is to keep her and everyone safe and what people see is if you're not willing to you know take care or protect one member of the tribe they have no reason to believe you'll protect anybody in the tribe you know and um so it's like that's the job you have to do it regardless if you care about these people even ebony understands that
2: yeah Mm -hmm.
3: I mean, she doesn't care about finding Trudy, but she knows she has to look for her. That's her job. If she wants to keep it, she's got to keep up the facade. You
1: know? Or at the very least, if she wants to get back into brace pants, that's what she has to do. Where's the shot? And at least that's not what's driving Lex, though.
3: Yeah. So it's not that Lex couldn't do it. It's just that he's not mature enough to even think about what would be required to do it. He wants a job for the wrong reasons right now, and Mm -hmm. it's sad because he has proven that he's got the potential. You know, he does have a pretty strategic mind when it came to protecting them all, but he has to be motivated, and he's not, you know?
2: No, I think that's a fair assessment. (laughs) Yeah, Why don't they
3: ever hire Ryan to, to do
0: all that stuff, rather than Lex?
3: it's usually because one Ryan doesn't strive for that kind of position of authority Two, most people undercut Ryan. They -hmm. don't ask his opinion. They don't assume he has anything to offer, you know? Um, and that's something Ryan has always dealt with people just assuming there's nothing going on in his brain and thinking he's dumb. He's just a dumb ox. He's, he's, good to have in your corner because he'll help be helpful but no one thinks that he could actually handle something or come up with plans mm-hmm. on his own and so they just ignore the person who's right there who might actually be good at this job if you gave them that responsibility I think Ryan would take it super serious if someone said Ryan you're in charge of security you know
0: right right yeah I've always kind of wondered in the mall that someone who's in charge of security who doesn't care is probably as Useful as someone who is also just really bad at security. I agree with the that. Same thing. Yeah. So, okay. with them asking Lex to do security, they might as well just ask Patsy to guard the door.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's about as effective. You are correct.
1: She's more nervous than Lex is. So, hey, who knows? So- she might actually. Hear it if someone comes through the wrong door, or at least she'll have Bob with her.
0: Yeah, sure. Fatsy
1: will scream; she'll at least sound the alarm. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that's true. That's very true.
1: And Fatsy <laughs> won't check to see if it's a pretty girl or not.
0: Yeah, they should have gave that responsibility to somebody else. I blame, I blame them all. I don't blame Lex.
3: Ah, uh, well, I, I blame Lex. Mm-hmm. He's responsible for his own lack of care it's like if you don't want this if you don't care then don't try to get this job if you're not going to put the effort in um it's too easy for lex to blame everybody else for his failures it's not like the mall rats have a lot of choices at the end of the day
2: yeah i was about to say yeah um uh, in this vacuum sudden vacuum like there's not really met many others who could have stepped up to trying and- yeah
1: <laughs> the only person in that mall danny could have done it i i in my opinion, the only person in that mall capable of doing that job right now would be Alice. But she's preoccupied guarding mm. Taizan and the lab.
0: Oh, please. The only person Taizan is endangered of is herself.
1: <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, Alice sees that as her responsibility to look after her. So that's what Alice is focused on. But Yeah, that's fair.
3: And the Ma- the Marats the Ma- the Ma- still have good reason to believe that Taizan could be in danger since, you know, someone did blow her up. So, uh yeah, they, they you know, listen to the way they talk about how scared they are about everything. Of course, they're going to still assume that Tyson is seriously in danger, you know, um, and not really think critically about it. Is she in any more danger than anybody else at this point? But uh they're pretty, they're already overwhelmed. Like, this should be a red flag for them that they should not be trying to take control of mm-hmm. anything else because their mall is already just absolute chaos. Yeah, it's chaos,
0: but... If I would have met Danny on that same day and she would have showed up with that crossbow, I would have immediately appointed her as security.
3: So you're judging on whether a person looks cool, not whether they're capable. <laughs> well, she has to be capable if she's holding it. She, she has Anybody can it. hold
1: a
0: weapon. That's not true.
3: That's not I not can true. hold a
1: crossbow just like that. Doesn't And
3: mean I, Bob can't actually, I
1: can't
2: to, shoot one. To be fair, we never saw her fire it, so we don't know if she was even capable of it.
3: It's easy to look cool. Super easy to just look cool. Show up wearing the right clothes. It's holding easy the right to look intimidating, training. too. Exactly, but it doesn't mean you actually know what you're doing.
0: You don't have to know what you're doing if you can <laughs> look intimidating. A lot of people don't even test the locos because they look intimidating. But in actuality, a lot of people outnumber them. Yeah, but they've also proven themselves on the street.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a different there, yeah.
0: <laughs> okay, okay. But I'm just saying, with that crossbow, I think all people have to do is just look at it and, you know...
1: She would have been fine to guard the
3: lab.
0: Well, yeah, okay, uh, well, I'm only saying so just because in this episode, she went out on her own and she was just fine.
3: That just it just expresses, that just exposes that um, their, the idea that it's just too dangerous to be out there is being used as an excuse to keep certain people in the mall. Just for the story. Because we're right. seeing plenty of people leave the mall... And not run into any trouble. It's been worth it to them to go out. And um, search. And they haven't run into any trouble. And it's like what trouble you might run into is worth it. If the whole point is to find people who are missing. I feel like it's just a a story point. Like a plot point to keep certain people within the mall. Whenever they need to make sure nobody goes. And they pull the. It's too dangerous. But then we just in this episode alone. How many people leave the mall. And they're absolutely fine.
1: (laughs) Yeah but come on. Who told them that it was too dangerous. That. Ebony told them it was too dangerous because that was what she needed. She needed everyone to stay inside so she could do what she wanted.
3: Yes, but she's not the only one. The Mallrats had already decided it was too dangerous to be out there on their own even before. It was just more iterated that, you know, Dal had gotten harassed at the farm. Yeah. You know, uh, but they were already pulling that it's too dangerous, it's too dangerous, it's too dangerous. And I feel it's becoming a weak point. It's just an excuse to keep mm-hmm. certain people in the mall. Yeah. yeah, It's like, you can't tell me that it's so dangerous out there and then still have people going out and being perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. Be like, oh, send some people out and then have them run back in the mall and be like, we were searching for Trudy and then we got attacked. Like, we, just mm-hmm. we knew it was dangerous, but we were willing to try. But no, these people are coming back, not a scratch, not being yeah. harassed, nothing, you know, so...
2: It doesn't match what they've been c- continuing to, like, drum through mm-hmm. How yeah.
3: dangerous it is <laughs> It's just conveniently dangerous when they want somebody specific to stay put
2: um, yeah, Before we get to the Trojan, just something that I wanted to mention Because it, it just kind of stood out for me Like, uh, how does everyone feel about Danny, like, seem to have all this knowledge of the past connections Between Ebony, Trudy and Bray um, She kind of just throws it out, kind of like it's just, I don't know, I just find it weird. What do you, what do you think of that little scene I was,
3: there? I was trying to remember if there had been a conversation where that had been revealed to her. I'm trying to, I'm like, it's something she might have been able to put together if she's already heard that Ebony and Bray knew each other before and she knows that he and Trudy knew each other before. You know what I mean? Like, I'm thinking there might be reasonable ways she could have puzzled it together, but it does feel like he was thrown out. And you're like, when did you find that out, Danny? But,
1: hmm.
0: mm,
3: I feel like if we scrub the last, you know, 15 episodes, we would find evidence that she's picking up information like, oh, okay. And she put two and two together. Because she even asks with a little bit of doubt. Like she's not entirely sure. That's why she's like, they were friends. They knew each other from before, right? So I get the sense that she's picked up information about who knows who, how long they've known each other, and probably put two and two together, maybe. Right. I think. And she, had that, she had a conversation with
1: Celine at some point About the father of Trudy's baby So she knew that much
3: Right, that's not a secret And she, then she realizes that that's Bray's brother And then Oh, he, you know, I, I think it's plausible yeah. She's not dumb Yeah, it's plausible Nope It's definitely plausible
0: And then it's also not very hard To just get a sense of the room that's true too you know just just watching ebony and bray like just talk to each other you can get a sense that something happened between them uh same thing with uh trudy and bray as well although they've never hooked up you can tell that there's history there like strong history
3: yeah it's small context clues when you listen to people talk to each other you know you can pick up how long they've known each other how far this relationship goes back just things they say to each other you know and so yeah, it feels a little weird because it's like, I don't recall a direct conversation where that was expressed to her, but it's definitely plausible she just put two and two together. There's, these guys, they've been dropping informa- private information about themselves a lot. And if you just look at Ebony and Bray together in the same room, you know,
1: body language says so much.
3: Trudy's protectiveness of Bray, you know, just, you're like, okay, they clearly have known each other for a long time. And her child is his brother, you know, her child's father's his brother, it, it goes, stands the reason she knew Ebony too, you know, that mm-hmm. this all, they all went back a ways.
2: Yeah, that's true.
3: I just think it's ridiculous that she's the only one who puts, she and Tyson are the only ones who like put together what this means and Bray is in clear denial, honey. Mm-hmm. He does not want to He's so desperate not to think of the worst Case scenario you can see It in his face he's struggling to I don't want to face that I do not want to Think that's what Ebony had anything to do with this Like he even like Danny Doesn't suggest that Trudy and Ebony ran off together As a plan she's saying don't you Think it's a little strange and they know each other She's just trying to like don't you Think it's weird it's connected and he Immediately goes they would never worked here it's like that's Not what she said Bray Mm-hmm. I feel like he's just in denial As to what actually Is likely to have happened But you know what happened if Ebony And Trudy disappeared together They weren't working together Ebony probably buried her in a hole somewhere <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> And then so that she just fell
2: <laughs> But I mean like The way he walked off when like Sans even suggested like, that the chosen have everything they need now. Like, I mean, goes to, it just it does fit Bray. Like, he doesn't believe this kind of legacy about his brother, and he, he doesn't want to. He doesn't, yeah, he doesn't ever want to remember him as his brother like that. So, yeah, the den- den-
3: den denial is so yeah. strong yeah. with him.
1: Yeah, because yeah. to him, his brother was Martin, and mm-hmm. he just doesn't want to connect Martin,
3: his niece's dad, to Zoot. He doesn't want to think about the Chosen at all. Mm-mm. He wants to write them off as just some lunatics who are not serious. You know, he, this is disturbing for him and he is just hiding from it. Mm. You, know, you know who
0: Bray reminds me of, of this episode? And I'm, I'm about to make a Harry Potter reference. He reminds me of that. Who's that guy who's in charge of the Ministry of Magic. Like throughout all a the like all the, movies, <laughs> all the movies are like Voldemort's back. He's back and he's killing people. He's like, No, stop it. That's impossible.
3: Yeah, these are the crimes of he's a one-year-old f- boy.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's like, It's probably just Lex again.
3: I mean, I get it. It's scary to think about it. And Bray is definitely overwhelmed and he's feeling impotent with his helplessness. There's nothing he can do, you know. Um so he's just sitting at the mall, seething, like it's all just falling apart. He doesn't even know where to begin to handle this or what to do about it. And uh, he's la- he latches on to any chance he could do something and then someone takes it from him. Sorry, you can't go search for your niece or her mother. It's too dangerous for you, Bray. So he's stuck at the mall, hoping someone else will go out there and find her. And I just, he's so overwhelmed that I can understand why he'd go into denial mode. Refuse to put it to two and two together. Like, come on, Bray. I know you want to believe the best in Ebony, but this doesn't look good. She killed Trudy. <laughs> mm-hmm. She totally killed Trudy. You know she, she
1: did. did she took her into the woods, fed her to the wolves. Yep. <laughs> and
0: sold Brady.
2: I mean, I mean, how does everyone feel about that? The fact that Bray has been like blocked into the mall this whole season so far from having been such a, a carefree guy who would just, just slip out whenever he liked. like, How do you feel about that?
1: I think the only reason he's letting them do that to him is because he really doesn't want to deal with the idea of the Chosen and his brother's legacy. He doesn't want to deal with that, and staying inside is his perfect way of denying that that part
3: exists. I don't think it makes sense for the character. I don't think they give us a good enough reason for why Bray... Wouldn't be out there. Like, the reasons they give us are pretty shallow, in my opinion. But I understand why the writers don't want him out there. I understand what they were going for with the whole... It's a change-up of the dynamic. Bray was the one who came and went whenever he wanted in season Mm -hmm. one. And the change-up is that he doesn't get to. Now, I'm not sure why they wanted to create that dynamic, but it's very clear they did. But I don't think they do a good job of making me believe that Bray would just... Totally go along with this. The Bray you set up. I don't believe he would just be like. Cool I'm going to stay here. I'm going to grumble about it. But I'm going to stay here. I'm like I don't buy that. I don't buy that Bray wouldn't at least at once. During all of this chaos. Have run off just to get some alone time. Like even to the roof. I just need to get away from you people. You know. um, They don't do a good job of expressing. Making it believable for the character. But I totally get why the writers. Or this is their mm-hmm. agenda to keep him in place. They just, the reasons they give, I don't think they're very good reasons. I don't buy, I just don't buy Bray being like, you're right, it would be dangerous if I left. I am considering Bray, I just, I don't buy it.
1: I, I, it's just beyond insane to think Bray would stay home instead of going to look for his niece, the last thing he has left of his brother. Exactly.
3: I mean, At best, I could say that Bray, he's taking this leadership position so seriously for Amber's sake. Like, you know, I got to be the responsible one. Before, I could let go of the reins because Amber had it in hand. She was the true leader, but now she's gone, and she might be looking down at me. I don't want to let her down. I could buy that, but I still would see Bray doing something like, I need to go up to the roof because I might set all of you people on fire. It is too peoply in here for me he's not going to lose that nature of needing all that elbow room. Nobody needs more elbow room in the world than Bray. And it's like to have that side of him just disappear so easily. Maybe that's why he's so crazy right now, because this is not normal for him. This is not how he's used to coping with things. And Mm -hmm. it's like, go to the roof, Bray, get yourself some fresh air.
0: Yeah. It would have made a lot more sense for me if Bray was, I guess these last few episodes of Bray was just, constantly just outside just looking for Trudy and Brady.
2: Okay, so yeah, speaking of Trudy, um she's very shocked at Ebony's mistreatment and asks to have her as a personal slave in order to save her from the worst of it. Ebony thanks her and apologizes for bringing Trudy to the chosen, admitting that she thought that there was something in it for her, but she spins it so that not telling the rest of the Morats was still the sensible option. Yeah, panel. what did you make of Ebony in these scenes and the ultimate proposal that she and Trudy join forces?
1: That little snake. She's smart. I mean, I get, yeah, I get why she does it. It's indeed
3: very, very smart, but... (sighs) It is definitely the diabolical part of her intelligence. She is preying on Trudy's vulnerability and desperation. She knows exactly what she's doing, and I admire it. In the same mm-hmm. way, I always admire Ebony's intelligence, but it is disgusting. I, you know, I feel so bad for Trudy because what other choice does she have? She's not going to leave Brady and try to escape on her own. You know what I mean? And she really doubts that she can escape with Brady, with these people constantly watching her. So it makes sense. If anyone's going to get out and get word to what's going on, it would have to be Ebony. And I can't blame her at all for taking this chance. Mm. You know, um, I hate that Ebony's doing this to her. But I can't deny it was very smart of Ebony. And I understand why Trudy takes the chance. And honestly, I know this is going to sound crazy. Ebony's not lying. She's just pulling an Obi-Wan Kenobi. She's telling the truth from a certain point of view. She (laughs) does intend to bring the mall rats back. Just not until she gets what she wants. And Mm -hmm. then she'll bring the mall rats here. So in Ebony's eyes, she's not even lying. She's going to keep her promise once she gets what she wants out of this. But, damn. She's, she's so good at being evil.
0: Yeah. <laughs> this is what makes Ebony one of the most, uh, I guess, strongest and most, uh, one of the most intelligent characters in the, in the series. Uh, it's her will to survive and to think of anything she possibly can to twist uh, the situation into her favor. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's great to watch. Uh, I remember watching it, and I was like, "Damn it, Ebony! Why are you this way?" <laughs>
3: <laughs> but she's written very well. Um, when you write an antagonist or a villain, um, one of the worst things you can do is just make them evil for the sake of being evil. That's mm-hmm. a boring villain. We're not. We don't care about that. You want villains who reflect sometimes the hero reflect, you know, the direction the hero could go in or, you know, be a mirror reflection of our worst impulses. Those are the best villains. And Ebony is just a well-written villain. We do enjoy watching her villainy. We hate the people who suffer at it, but she, we do enjoy watching a good villain, and Ebony is one. Mm. And like I, said, I can't help but admire the way she plays Trudy, because she does it so well, you know, and Trudy really is in a tight spot where she doesn't have a choice but to make this deal with the devil, you know, um, and you can almost believe that Ebony might actually do the right thing, you know, uh, and that's what makes her so enjoyable to watch. It's why we root for her to Get her life together. Because we're like, we see the potential in you, Loki. Come on, you know? Um But, uh yeah, it, it just... I look at her and I'm uh, like, you're good. But, damn, girl. Why are you so bad? <laughs> she really is
1: a master at turning her words the way someone needs to hear them.
3: Yeah, definitely. I do... I also like the scenes of uh Trudy. Because I think the writers want to remind you. Because since they know Trudy will come back... And is going to do things that the audience on the surface is going to immediately hate her for. They want to remind you, leave you with the last impression of Trudy. Is that she is a decent human being. Mm -hmm. You know, despite what Ebony has done to her and their history. Despite Trudy having every reason to be like, I don't care about this girl. You guys can do whatever you want to her. She's still fighting for Ebony's dignity. Just seeing Ebony chained up is too much for Trudy. It's not right to treat someone like that, you know. And she would impose ebony on her own company despite how she feels about her just so that ebony isn't treated terribly by the chosen that is who trudy is and they want you to understand that before the chosen are able to sink their claws into her doesn't work for everyone not everyone remembers that but i appreciate the attempt to remind us trudy is a good person she's not evil she's not vindictive even when people give her reason to be vindictive
1: can you imagine how that would have gone if it was the other way around? Exactly. Trudy chained up and Ebony standing there. She would have been
3: like, <laughs> yay, go Jaffa. Yay. <laughs> I've always wanted to see her in chains. You know, some mm-hmm. coffee, thing like that.
2: How's it going? Look. Cool. What does it say? Kidnapped. Right. You want to put reward on it as well. What reward? We could let them join the Morats. You can't let any old person join the mall, rats. Um, let's head back to the mall for a bit, um, and let's talk about the kids, because unable to go outside to help with the search, Casey suggests that Patsy and Chloe design a poster to help find Trudy and Brady. Though Brady likes the idea, he's shot down by everyone including Lex and Alice and even Danny, as it could shatter the illusion of the city being safe and open the tribe up to con artists. So yeah, I mean, like, what did you make of the arguments that the group were making there against having this
3: kidnapped poster? Okay, okay. <laughs> I think people are making good arguments. Lex is not wrong in saying that this is going to invite a lot of people who are going to try to use our misfortune against us. He's right about that. You're going to get a bunch of charlatans who are like people who want one up on the mall rats. Cause not everybody loves them. Despite what Celine says, not everybody respects them. There's still people who resent their control. And they're going to take this opportunity to be like, oh, they're missing someone. I'm going to go in there and lie to get something I want from them. That is going to happen. Lex is not wrong. Um, But at the same time, I wish they weren't treating this like it's just a black or white scenario. If anything, they're just admitting they shouldn't be in charge. Because... Danny says it straight up we're barely Holding things together as it is We're telling people they need to disarm And that the city is safe And this will prove that we're wrong and we'll lose Our control and it's just like You guys are willing to Sacrifice doing the right Thing just to stay in charge Mm -hmm. This is why you're Going to fail This is why the chosen will win And you're going to lose everything You're trying to build because your power, your control is more important than what is right. And uh, I'm just like, it doesn't have to be a black or white scenario. There was You still could find a middle ground for getting the word out there about Trudy and still ensuring the city that you're doing a decent job. Frankly, if I saw a missing poster, that would reassure me that these guys are taking their responsibilities seriously rather than we just covered up a missing child so that you wouldn't know we were losing
0: control. Mm -hmm. I always wonder why they just wouldn't have another, I guess, council meeting and just, you know, informed other tribe leaders to have their own tribes kind of do their own little search parties uh, for Trudy and Ebony.
3: That's a good middle ground argument. You don't have to inform Mm -hmm. every person in the city Inform the most responsible people in the city. People who are leaders themselves.
1: Right, right. I think
3: with Lex's argument, though, it
1: probably made Bray realize how many people like Lex are out there. Very true. I mean, the reason Lex instantly comes up with that is because that's what he would do.
0: Yeah, and I'm willing to think there are more people like Lex than than not.
3: Even though the show's thesis is that that's not true, but we can get bogged down in believing that and lose hope. But the show is trying to prove that, no, there's more good people in the world, and you can't let the bad people disenchant you or kill your belief in the good and man, blah, blah, blah. But they're saying you should keep the dream alive and not let it go. But, I mean, come on. I mean, how do you feel? Like, if you went to the police and was like, somebody's missing, the police... You know They know they're going to have to deal with people who are lying, they're going to have to deal with false calls, but they still need to put the information out there that someone is missing. Mm -hmm. That is how you get information, you got to chase down the leads, and yes, some of them are false leads, some of them are crap leads, and some of them are the leads that save these people. You have to take that chance when you're trying to save a child's life. You know it does suck that people Will call the police and be like I saw So and so and they're lying they just Want attention but You have to take that chance you know And I just hate that it's turned into a, a Do or die yes or no situation And it's like it didn't have to be that way There was a middle ground And they just throw their hands up in the air No wonder Bray is just like I, I can't Danny let's do your Bill of rights because I just can't do anything Else I don't uh. <laughs> right
0: right yeah
3: i can't fix anything else in my life
0: (laughs) i also didn't like the whole uh patsy and chloe drawing that thing i mean (laughs) it just seemed like a two-year-old did it and i hate that they're trying to make them seem so young and clearly they're a lot older than that
3: their art skills are lacking (laughs) yeah Uh I was if always Trudy and I saw that wanted poster, I'd be like, Really, guys? Seriously, that's what I look like to you. You didn't even try. <laughs>
0: right. It was like, who made this?
3: <laughs> but at the, the end of the day, the the informa the point of the poster I still think still works. You know, like there is a missing mother and child. Mm. Do you have any and these are their names? Do you have any information? And that's better than nothing, you know? I, and to be fair, them making that
1: poster at that level makes it clear. They're searching for what looks like a mommy and a baby in a pram. And even someone who can't read will understand that there's an issue with those two.
3: Exactly. Exactly.
1: It's an, it's an
3: informative poster.
0: Maybe someone could look at it and be like, Oh, look, it's art. Yeah. Well,
3: it says kidnapped straight on it. Reward. It's, it's very informative poster. Artwork with you know lacking (laughs) But it does the job You know without even Giving away the personal identification Of anybody which is actually Mm -hmm. pretty smart Because they could have put I mean When they conveniently need pictures of people That have them Mm -hmm. they have a picture Like later we'll see Celine looking at a picture of Trudy And Brady you could have just made a Copy of that it would have been way Easier to find her (laughs)
0: You know, it would have been really funny if, even though it was like stick figures, it would be funny if people knew exactly who the stick figures were, just because of like, just like if a stick figure was really whining, they're like, "Oh, I think you drew Trudy." <laughs> uh,
3: I just thought that would be funny. I thought you just—I think you just described Danny. Yeah.
0: Oh well, yeah, Danny, Danny.
3: <laughs> I like the fact that Casey once again is the person coming up with the most productive ideas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When you have people just sitting around, people want stuff. But they just sit around complaining about wanting the stuff. And Casey's like, why don't you try this to get it? You know, like even now, Casey's still coming up with the most productive idea. Put a poster out there. Let the world know that we're looking for them. Like, wow, why didn't anyone think of that sooner, you idiots? No, let's just find an excuse why we can't do something that would have been actually really useful.
1: And hey, for once, Casey's taking over from what Celine would normally do, which is keep the kids busy. Yeah, that's
0: true. And Casey had his that idea was a lot better than what Danny was talking about. She really annoyed me when she was talking about we shouldn't put that up because we're trying to inform everybody in the city that it's safe outside. And they should disarm. I was like, why would people disarm if people are getting kidnapped?
3: <laughs> That's the point. She cares more about projecting this image of control than doing the right thing.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Right. And she's willing to sacrifice two very vulnerable people to maintain that control. That tells me everything I need to know about Danny. Yeah,
1: because in all fairness, from Danny's point of view, the two people with a connection to Brace Past, Ebony, And Trudy, the women that she she could possibly see as competition, are gone. (laughs) Leave them
3: gone. Twirl that mustache, Danny. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, if Danny was meant to be evil, this would be a masterful move on her part. And it does
2: does expertly play into events later on where, obviously, lying for the greater good,
3: in quotation marks, (laughs) plays into the storyline. So, yeah. And it's like, if you're willing to tell this lie, how many lies are you willing to tell Danny just <laughs> to maintain control? Who are you? The CIA? All right, all right. I would still
0: rather see Danny in position of power, though, than anyone else. I'm sorry. I do mm.
3: not
2: agree with you. Yeah. I'm um, <laughs> sure I agree. Well, with I you.
3: mean, I mean, I, I, I agree. I agree, I, I agree that Danny's motivations are good, but her methods are too borderline for me. And he proves time and time again that while she doesn't want to hurt anyone, while she genuinely wants to help people, she is willing to do the wrong thing to achieve what she thinks is right. Yeah. And I am not comfortable with someone like that being in charge of my safety or my life. Because I'm just like, if I, if she sees me as a liability, she will throw me under the bus.
0: <laughs> right, right, right. And I can agree with that.
3: Yeah, so
1: she would make a great leader for the bad guys.
3: (laughs) (laughs) She's just blinded by her end goal. That's very true. I can agree with that. But
0: maybe besides Amber, because obviously I think Amber would probably be the best choice. But besides Amber, I don't think anyone else is really that equipped to lead. I think Bray's too much of a pushover and.
3: Well, I've never thought Bray was a good leader. He never wanted to be. It's not, him. It's not in his DNA. Right.
0: Leadership. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, I would just like to see her just have the opportunity. I mean, if not her, then I I can vote for, for,
3: for Ryan for office. I would do that. Ryan has proven himself. Ryan does choose the right thing over, I mean, most of the time. He has his slip-ups, but I do think the majority of the time, Ryan chooses the right thing. Um, he's vulnerable, but like you had mentioned before, he's no more vulnerable than Bray.
1: And uh. Ryan is willing to listen to people, to several opinions, if need be.
3: Yeah, very true. Sometimes the best people equipped for power are those who never seek it. Like Dale. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think Dale could do. So, how oh, damn it! You got me saying it that way, Carlin. His name is Dale. <laughs> he, would, he
0: would totally be a liberal. <laughs>
3: I think Dal's problem, though, is that he often pulls a bray, where he wants to bury his head in the sand and not deal with bigger things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, he's perfectly capable of making decisions, but he does have a knee-jerk reaction to run away from things. He just do not want to deal with it. I don't want to deal with it. I'm, I'm not going to vote on Trudy and the baby because I don't care. Yeah. I, don't, I don't, you know what I mean? Just on and on. You know, I'm going to run away from the mall. It's too big of a deal. I don't want to deal with it. Dal, you know, I want to run away from the farm. I don't want to deal with what's I going agree. on at so I, I, I do agree. think Dell's penchant for not wanting to deal with things would make him ill-equipped to actually have to deal with things.
0: I agree, which is why Ryan would be the president <laughs> and Dell the vice president. He would make a great vice
3: president. Yeah, because all you have to do is sit there. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> <laughs> do do
2: more than sit.
3: <laughs> Sorry, Fancy. all I have to do is sit there. <laughs> <laughs> just ride an Air Force Two. It's just as good a plane. <laughs> I'm just
1: wondering what position Ellie would have taken if that would have been the case leader-wise.
3: They would have made her Secretary of State. Yeah.
2: I mean, let's stick with them, because um, while searching for Trudy and Brady, Dow admits to Jack and Ellie that he's eager to return to the farm and he still has a lot to learn. And Ellie uses this opportunity to tell him that she can help, which makes Jack instantly jealous. And she later admits to Alice that that was exactly her intention. <laughs> so, yeah, Penna, what do you make of Ellie here and the conflict that's obviously... She's trash for yeah. that. Stop playing games. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you make of the end of Jack and Dal? I don't like it. She's playing games.
3: I felt it was pretty innocent in this sense. It's not <laughs> like she's she's like cozying up to Dal, being physically intimate with Dal. It's not like she's saying, "Oh, Dal, I like you," just to make Jack jealous. It's you know, it's it's a it's a pretty innocent thing. We've all indulged in it a little bit, you know. Um, so I don't think she's taking it too far to make Jack jealous. And Not to mention, it's not like Jack and her have some understanding with each other. It'd be different if she and Jack were a couple and she was doing this, and I'd be like, cut that out. That's not cute, not fun. You don't play games with your romantic partner like that, unless it's something you both understand that you like to do. But given the fact that there's nothing going on between her and Jack, aside from the fact that she likes him and she's trying to get his attention, it seems pretty innocently harmless. And... Uh, it just proves what a jerk Jack, uh, Jack is. <laughs> you know, he's such a jerk. Like, oh my word! Like his friendship with Dal goes out the window. He, again, I think he's just bitter that he and Dal have broken up. But um, and he wants to prove to Dal I can be happy without you. But um, it, to me, it's pretty innocent, given that there is no actual relationship between Ellie and Jack right now. So it's like okay mm. it's fine It's like you know I, I would have done the same thing At her age if mm-hmm. I wanted to know That my crush likes me Let me see if I talk to this other boy If that'll get his attention You know just to, to fill it out Like she says he looks at me But he, was, he if he likes me why doesn't he do something There's no understanding between them yet Again if they were a couple I would not be okay with it Because I don't like couples who play games like that
0: Yeah I don't like it She's playing games uh, Jack should have saw that as a red flag huge red flag
3: Yeah but Jack's
1: social skills aren't at a level That he'll see anything as a red flag
0: That's true He's mostly like colorblind In, in terms of that
3: <laughs> I just don't like how jealousy turns Jack Into even more of an a-hole Especially to the one person Who's been by his side Like this is just the beginning of how he'll start treating Dal And it's very reflective of how Lex treated Ryan Ryan, who is the better man, but Lex always had to keep him under his boot to remind him, you're not as good as me, you'll never get the girl that we both pine for, just keeping him in that place to make Lex feel like a better person. Jack ends up doing the exact same thing to Dal, you know, and it's just really ugly side of his personality. I mean, Jack has always been a jerk, but it gets personal moving from this point forth, and the one person he's being such a jerk to, it's just like, Dal does not deserve this treatment from you, Jack you know. I agree. You don't You don't deserve to cry over his death later, Jack. You don't.
0: <laughs> I mean, I agree. Jack was definitely being a jerk. But, um, Ellie definitely brought that out of him.
3: All she did was... It was
0: almost like she was pal- Palpatine.
3: Yeah, I'm sorry. Nobody else is an excuse for you being <laughs> a jerk. I mean, yeah,
0: he's a, he's a jerk, but she still... I feel like... It was, like, already flames that were there, but she just added... More
3: fumes to it. Sorry, I'm not in that camp. Jack is completely responsible for how he treats Dal. If he likes Ellie, do something about it. But don't act like a dick to your best friend just because a girl's giving him some attention. I think that probably stems out of Jack's own insecurities, though. Well, I'm sure he's, he's massively insecure. Doesn't make him any less of a jerk.
0: You're right. Still, he's still a jerk. She's a, but she's a jerk, too. <laughs> I'm calling her a jerk as well. You are, free,
3: you are free to do so.
0: <laughs> playing with both of their emotions. I think she, she, gets, uh, she gets a thrill. Of not only just flirting with another guy, but having another guy go crazy over it.
3: I don't know if I agree with that entirely, because Ellie does prove later that she isn't willing to play games with them. Like She makes it very clear to Dal that Jack is the one she chooses, and she doesn't try to push Jack's buttons. Um, to make him insecure about their relationship but that's just my opinion
0: what <laughs> that's great yeah she's playing even more games now
3: no <laughs> so in this in this moment it actually felt like more than just jealousy of ellie's attention i felt like it was also jealousy that someone might be interested in dal's interests other than just jack's mm-hmm. because Jack is supremely selfish. You know, it's like he what he cares about is the only thing that matters. I mean, on this walk, they're looking for someone in their tribe, you know, and all Jack is complaining about is that they're wasting their time. He doesn't give a crap about Trudy and Brady, and he has no problem saying that out loud to people. You know, like, I just feel like we're wasting your time. He doesn't care that Trudy and Brady are missing or that anything horrible could be happening to them. Like... I feel like he's more jealous that Ellie and Dal might have something in common, that she might they might share a common interest. And he doesn't like anybody sharing anything with Dal. He wants the person who's closest to him, he wants them all to himself. He wants Ellie all to himself. He wants Dal onto himself. He doesn't want to share anybody, you know? So it also felt like it was that. Here's Dal expressing his love of the farm. And here's Ellie going oh I could show you that stuff You know thinking it's kind of cute that he likes The farm and she doesn't but she still Knows how to do things there and I could show You I feel it's just as much jealousy Of that it's almost like he's mm. jealous Of both of them you know <laughs> Not just Ellie but also Dal like no you're not allowed to Like anybody you're not allowed to find happiness After me Dal you know
1: You're my toy I saw you first Pretty much
0: All right. Yeah he needs help
1: but, uh, I love where Jack's insecurities in this lead him, though. The first go to Ryan, and then that whole scene with Alice was just. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, that took me by surprise.
3: I loved Alice's expression. I, I did, too. I thought that was super cute. I liked the scene with um Alice and Ellie. I thought that was an adorable scene of the sisters. And I could see myself giving a younger, like, female cousin or friend that kind of Mm -hmm. advice. Go for it, girl. You got to just go after him if you like him. I, I thought it was very cute, very teasing and adorable between them. I love the moment where, you know, Jack is talking to Ryan and trying to get some advice. I like the moment where Ryan and Celine are like, let people think what they want about us. It's not their business. It's our relationship. I thought that was cute. And then Alice just... (laughs) Mwah. <laughs> I love it I love it so much And then Ryan
1: just looking so relieved with Yeah that's how you do it Jack Exactly Jack See, See that, that, That's all I wanted to say
3: Look at Michael's face Look how hard he's trying not to laugh It is hilarious <laughs> How many takes were ruined By him just cackling after she did that
1: <laughs> oh, And her just going uh, I like mine with a little bo- a little More meat on them <laughs> And then uh, There's that that split
3: second Look between her and Ryan Just after she says that <laughs> I actually wonder if that Helped break the ice for Jack Who's never had a first kiss mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. probably sees it as The freaking iceberg, the Everest I can't ever mm-hmm. climb that And she just breaks it for him, like that's what a kiss is Jack, now get over it Yeah <laughs> mm. Never thought about that. No, go kiss my sister. (laughs) Yeah, you survived your first kiss. It's not that big of a deal.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Keyword, survived.
3: (laughs) She was totally helping her sister out. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Best best wing woman ever. Well, where are they?
2: Who? Who do you think? You haven't found the baby yet? Don't tell me you didn't find anything. How about Trudy? So... Trudy's missing as well now? Okay, let's move on to the double cross. So, Ebony comes up with a plan for Trudy to steal a key from the Guardian and cause a diversion to allow Ebony to escape and come back with help. Though Trudy's initially hesitant, but after a solemn promise from Ebony, she goes through with the plan. This causes Ebony to successfully escape, but on her return to Moor, she pretends to not know anything about Trudy or Brady's whereabouts. So yeah, panel, um, what did you make of Trudy's, sorry, of Ebony's deception? And was it in character for her to go back on her promise?
3: Oh, Sam, so in character and so painful. Like, oh, Ebony! <laughs>
1: ah! <laughs> I... I Really wanted to
2: slap her in a moment. So, very well done, Meryl. Oh, I can't even be angry with her because the look on her face, she's like, Oh, Trudy, is she not back yet? <laughs> she's gone missing too. Oh, she's just beautiful. I love it. <laughs>
1: And no, I never expected her to go back and tell
3: her, oh, guys, I know where Trudy is. (laughs) I like it because you actually could be fooled for a moment that Ebony has realized we're both in over our heads. I thought I was going to gain something from this, you know, and this, you know, we need to work together get out of here. And for a second, you're like, okay, I like it because, you know, it breaks the expectation. Of someone having a change of heart. Like the two of them had talked. They had connected on some level. And in any other ordinary story, Ebony would have done the right thing and immediately said, you know, kept her word. But the fact that Ebony, that meant nothing. None of it meant anything to her. It's just like, whew, girl, ballsy. I'm glad they did it because, again, another mediocre story would have had Ebony do the right thing and all that Mm -hmm. stuff. Um, But it still stings. Because you, you feel like an idiot for being fooled, even for a split second. Like, ah, it's just so. Yeah,
0: I <laughs> yeah. When, I, when I initially watched the episode, I was completely fooled. And I remember I remember right when she walked up the steps and she told everyone that she made it back. I was smiling. I'm like, finally. A new Ebony, a new chapter in her life. And then <laughs> the moment she gave her a line, she's like, oh, you haven't, oh. You, Trudy hasn't come back yet? I was literally smiling, and I was like, Ebony, why must you hurt me like this?
2: Oh, you sweet innocent. <laughs> I couldn't be angry for. her. I was just smiling, as I was like, oh, you devious yeah. little... <laughs> mm-hmm. She's just so good at it. She's just like, oh, you've not, you've not seen Trudy?
0: <laughs> yep, the scheming
1: witch is back.
0: But I wonder... I, I think this behavior of her—I'm pretty sure she's always had this type of behavior it, throughout yeah. her life. But I mm-hmm. wonder if it really like excelled or it magnified when she was with Zoot and he was teaching her, like how to survive and how to always manipulate people and get what you want out of it.
1: With how much we see her sisters hate her later on.
2: Yeah, I think she's pretty, had it always. Yeah, yeah
1: pretty <laughs> yeah, sure set us down
0: for years.
2: She's done this before with her sisters and she's like gotten on top by manipulating every situation into her favor. (laughs) I think definitely being with Zoot obviously amplified um, her power, but yeah, she's, she's always, (laughs) she's always
3: done. I I think there is a fair argument to make that he definitely made it worse. (laughs) Like he he, you know, when you look at her flashback with him and her trauma with him, how he's drilling in her head not to care about anyone, never to let your heart get involved. That's the one thing that's yours. I do think he definitely played a part in how heartless ebony is capable of being because there's a difference between being selfish and doing things just for yourself and legit doing harm to people because you don't care about anyone else. You know, um, so I, I can't say that he didn't have an effect on her or play a key role in her development when it came to what you're willing to do to survive. You know, um, but yeah, obviously, this—it's not like he created her, but I—I I, I don't think she was always this heartless.
1: I mean, the moment he saw Zoot standing up like that, she instantly went okay. I'm going to go over to
3: that guy. But, But that's not what she did. She wasn't thinking that. She was thinking he's a visionary. And her first instinct was to go tell Bray to get him. Like, we should do what your brother's saying. It's only when she sees Bray in Trudy's arms that she has that pain of thinking, oh, he's moved on. He's betrayed me. He's picked someone else. And that's when she's like, screw him. You know, I'll pick the better brother. You know, And she even admits she regrets that later So I don't think that was her first thought When she saw Zoot standing in the classroom It was more like Ooh, someone actually has an answer To how we should handle this chaotic fear That we're all going through And then, how dare Bray, you're in the arms of another woman How dare you <laughs> Dare you, you broke my heart What little of it I have <laughs>
0: Yeah, Ebony is literally the Grinch.
3: You know what I think it is with Ebony is a lot of people go through this. They have been hurt and disappointed so many times in their life that they start interpreting every disappointment as a deliberate action against them. And they lack the self-awareness to ever acknowledge the part they have played in being hurt. You know, Mm -hmm. um, so they just see themselves as these bad things happen to me. Everybody's against me. They never think well, what did I do to contribute to this? I hurt someone and they only hurt me in retaliation, on and on and on. And Ebony is really stuck in that kind of headspace. In her eyes, she's simply retaliating against hurts that people have done to her without ever acknowledging what she's done to them, you know, or ever thinking that it wasn't deliberate what was done to her, you know? But then again, she's a narcissist, so...
1: Yes, I asked for her to be my slave and I knew what she was like, but so did you. So I thought I'd be safe, but instead you let her escape. Supposing she tried to kill me. Wait. Well, supposing she had. Is that how you protect the child of Zoot and the mother of that child? Ah. Silence!
2: Silence! Okay, that leads us to our final thoughts of the episode. When Ebony's escape is discovered by the Chosen, the Guardian instantly is suspicious of Trudy's role in it. Trudy, however, expertly turns the table on the Guardian, claiming that he knew what she was like when, she, when he allowed her to be Trudy's slave, and he should have paid more attention to her and Brady's security. See, so Panel, what did you make of the way Trudy handled the Guardian here, spinning the situation back on him, and what do you think about what this meant for the character going forward?
1: Brilliant. She finally has a sense
3: Self-preservation pre- mm-hmm. Yeah I love it It's a very important scene We don't get to see What the Chosen do to Trudy The whole time she's gone We only get hints of what they're going to do to her And then we see what happens In season 3 like how she's actually mm-hmm. Treated by the Chosen So a lot of it you have to guess at what Trudy was put through, but they do a good job of setting the stage for what Trudy's captivity with the Chosen is actually going to entail and how it's going to affect her. And this is the moment you realize Trudy will learn how to play the game. She's going to attempt to play Jaffa's game with him to survive. You know, she's using his words against him. Yeah, it takes her a little bit to gain her bearings, but almost from the start, She's trying to play their game. She's trying to understand what their rules are so that she can play them and escape. As she says to Ebony, Ebony, you asked, how long do you think you can keep this up? And she's like, as long as I have to, until I find a way to get out of here. That is Trudy's game plan. I will play along until I can get out of here. So even the first time they tell her she's a Supreme Mother and she's like, okay, I'm the Supreme Mother. That means I can have anything I want. Get out of my way. I'm leaving. And she's trying to learn these rules Unfortunately, for Trudy, Jaffa is going to arbitrarily change the rules the whole mm-hmm. time. He's never going to be able to play this game properly. But um, I love this scene of uh, seeing what Trudy is going to try to do the whole time that this man is freaking torturing and abusing her, but she's going to give it her all, you know. I
0: was going to say, this scene also kind of shows how easily manip- or how easy it is to manipulate. Uh, the 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 kids who are a part of the chosen because clearly they've lost so much hope in the city that they'll just cling on to anything that's just somewhat believable and that can just give them a little bit of hope so just the fact that they were going to turn on uh, uh the guardian like in a split second was very interesting to me
3: i look at joffa's face in that moment when Trudy turns his own words against him plays his own game and like you said the other chosen kids are like hey yeah Mm -hmm. she's made a good point why would you endanger the supreme mother like that look at Joffa's face (laughs) he he really thought Trudy would just be this easily controlled you know prop for him and Mm -hmm. in that moment he realizes I may have made a mistake elevating her to a place of power because now I have to keep her in check. Mm-hmm. She could be a threat to me. I—that's I, a He almost smirks like he's admiring her skills. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, okay, okay, you got me on that one. But then making it very clear, as he will always do, to put Trudy back in her place. You know, that is not a mistake that will happen again. Um, but yeah, that's just a great... Great moment I'm like kudos to Trudy She's going to try to fight so hard The odds are just not going to be in her favor No but she'll try She'll She'll go down fighting She's going to go down fighting He is going to have to shred her at her core And then rebuild her into what he wants her to be And it probably explains Why she gets the attention From Jaffa that she ends up getting Because he recognizes She's a threat to me She's smarter than I gave her credit for and I've got to keep her like under my heel,
2: mm-hmm. while
3: giving the illusion that she's above me the whole time. And that's probably why she suffers so much abuse.
2: But that's that's also incredible because he has made her above her above him. But he plays this line so well; he gets her into line so much that he he creates his power base for himself via her. And it's it's he's very smart. He's very very capable.
3: But it's, he's, it's always a struggle You'll see in season 3 It's a struggle Like he basically has to He gives her pearls of worship And then metaphorically blackens her eye mm. It's how he keeps her mm-hmm. in check In this abusive relationship And it's all for show None of the other chosen are aware Of just how abusive he is to Trudy yeah. Behind closed doors Because we never see him treat Any of the other chosen The way he treats Trudy mm-hmm. Because he doesn't have to keep anyone In that kind of check like her Probably yeah, why he no. decided to kill Bray immediately.
2: He has to give her a kiss. He has to keep her in check because if she if she ever realized how much power she could command,
3: mm-hmm.
2: that's it for him. But
3: he would have been wiser just keeping Brady. Like he he was overstretching by taking Trudy because yeah. Brady would have simply grown up in this environment. She would have been groomed to never challenge him. You know, but he took a grown girl who has a mind of her own and has a priority outside of the Chosen. So he has to work so much harder, and uh, I think they do a great job of laying the seeds of just what kind of abuse that Trudy's going to suffer and why it will break her.
1: Mm -hmm. I, I think part of why Jaffa thought he could have Trudy with them is, well, he's seen her before, he's seen her in school, and he thinks he's a pushover, someone he can control easily. Possible. I mean, probably last time he saw her before this was
3: the scared pregnant girl. It's also possible that he just misread what she and uh, Zoot's relationship actually was. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he's created this fantasy of Zoot, and he's created his own relationship with Zoot in that fantasy, and he likely created a fantasy of what she, what he and Trudy's relationship was, you know? And he's coming up against the reality. Trudy was not in love with Martin. She didn't worship Zoot. She thinks all of this is crazy, you know? Um Mm-hmm. And he's immediately going like, huh, I didn't expect someone who could think. This is not what I expected. <laughs> I mean, and
1: we see his opinion of young girls getting pregnant later. So he probably
3: just thought he was a stupid little pushover. He wants her to be his Madonna. That's what he's mm-hmm. trying to create her. And um, he reacts to her the way a lot of misogynistic men treat women. Like, I have a vision of what you're supposed to be. And if you don't fall in line, you're sinful. There's something wrong with you. Not my expectations, you, you know. Mm -hmm. And I think he eventually just grows to enjoy the abuse of power he has over Trudy. Mm -hmm. He can take out his sadistic tendencies on her. But yeah, again, this just is a really good laying the foundation of what is coming down the pipe for this girl.
0: Yeah, and I will say there's Trudy and the Guardians acting That I absolutely love in this episode.
3: They finally put Antonia up against someone who could Mm -hmm. eat her, like Matt. Like, dag, that's a powerful scene.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, But also, the one before that, the Supreme Mother
3: never begs. That's such a good scene. (laughs) Again, this is what you're meant to be. This is what I've envisioned for you. And Trudy just learning on the job. It proves that Trudy is more of a survivalist than people give her Mm -hmm. credit for, more than she gives herself credit for. You know, Mm -hmm. I think the writing was very good in this episode, even though it made me very anxious The things that were happening, you know. Mm -hmm. And I did, I felt like this was an episode, this is how things Mm -hmm. we should have had from the moment Brady went missing. Mm -hmm. You know, like this kind of action, you know, people scrambling around trying to figure out what to do rather than just sitting there being like, we don't care. Because they may not be accomplishing anything, but they are trying to accomplish something, you know, and... I'm like you could have had this energy from the moment she went missing. Ah, uh, that still frustrates me. Yeah. Let me see who wrote this one. Ah, of course, Harry Duffin. Harry. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well done.
2: He does yeah, he's really good <laughs> episodes.
3: There's some good character moments here. I may not mm-hmm. like what every character is doing. I may not like like how they feel, but there's their feelings and who they are are being explored in a realistic way. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: So, thank you very much to the panel. Um, if you'd like really to take part in a future episode of the podcast, then you can send us a message on our website, the or on our Facebook page. Um, so, we'll see you next time for episode 16. Until then, bye. Bye. Bye.
3: Bye. bye.